you're tuned in to the Neo Academy podcast. My name's Mark, and welcome to another episode of Neo Chats, deep dive conversations into the culture of education. My name is, is, is Kimo Kuorte, and I, I currently work at a teacher education institution, which is, which is part of all the University of Applied Sciences. And we train teachers, and mainly for uh, vocational training and universities of higher, uh, universities of higher, well, sorry, we train for, we train teachers mainly for um, uh, vocational institutions and universities of applied sciences. And we offer a pedagogical training, a pedagogical degree required by the Finnish law to teach in those institutions at that level. So it's, it's um, upper secondary vocational and then universities of applied sciences. Um, I work also on, on international projects. So we cooperate with, uh, uh, at the moment, especially Colombian and Mexican universities and institutions and work together on teacher training uh, programs. I've previously worked also in student recruitment and uh, marketing, but I'm not, not doing that at the moment. And I teach myself as well. So that's, that's roughly what I'm doing at the moment. Okay, so what's the kind of demographic of your students then? Are they mainly um, sort of early stage, early career stage teachers in higher education or are they student teachers going through their undergraduate education degree or where, where do you come in? Yes, our, um, our, our um, uh, um, cohort and our crowd is quite interesting. First of all, I might start by saying that the average age of the students who come to our program is 44 years. Oh, wow. So these, these, are, these are typically people who've, um, who've had their bachelors, who've had their masters also, um, and, and have been in, in working life for, for, for quite a while already. Some of them for really 10 years or even more. We, we do have also students who have just finished their higher education. So the, the scene is, is, is such that uh, uh, when, you, when you work uh, in whatever the field is, we have a lot of people who work, for instance, in, let's say, generally speaking, broadly speaking, engineering, um, nursing, why not? And at some point, who they, they, they get the idea that they might be actually interested in teaching in those fields and getting a teacher's qualification to be a qualified teacher. That means to be able to get a permanent teaching uh, position. And that in that point, what they need to do is a one year of pedagogical training. So if they have a master's degree, uh, like it could be any, any field of engineering, it could be nursing, it all can also be languages, humanities, whatever. What they need then is a 60 credit, 60 ECTS credit, one year um, teacher training course. And that is uh, what we offer. So our crowd is really, I, I, I find it fascinating because they come from all walks of life and, and, and they have long careers behind them. Some are young university teachers or researchers who come to our course because of the flexibility and, and 
because the universities nowadays also have started to require people to have pedagogical training. Uh, it's, a, it's a kind of a career move nowadays in the universities too. So it's not enough that you have your PhD or whatever. You also need to have your pedagogical studies. And then they come to us because we offer it also in a very flexible form, uh, a lot of online options uh, in our program and so on and so forth. So it's, a, it's a really, it's a great variety of people, people with PhDs, people with masters, um, people from being researched at the university to someone who's work has been working at the, uh, I don't know, construction industry for 15 years. And all of these people, we put together in one group and train them in pedagogics. Right. It sounds fascinating and it actually throws up because, you know, the idea of today is to talk about the, the well-being aspect, which I suspect is going to be very, very different from last week's chat with the K-12 uh, school because you've got such a diverse group of people who are already, you know, managing their own careers and their own lives. They've got families and things. So what I would like to ask you is if you've got a kind of flexible delivery model, so you're talking about people online learning about something which is essentially social, you know, uh, pedagogy and teaching, um, how have you found it during this particular year? Have you found that you've had to make any adaptations to the way that you, for example, um, engage with them, uh, bring them in in a different way socially online, check on them, um, you know, just to, 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 to deal with them in a different way. Has that happened this year? Absolutely. That's a, that, that's a, that's a great, great point. And, and the way you formulated it was, was, was very good because if we, if we start from, from um, let's, let's go back to, to last spring. After we had um, selected the cohort uh, that started at the end of August, we had we had had the student selection. After the student selection, obviously the 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 the, the virus broke out, and it became evident that that will be the, the academic year will be very very different. Well, first thing, what obviously what would have to be done, there was a lot more uh, uh, counselling with each and every individual student. That was the first thing. Uh, you you absolutely had to address kinds of things that you. That, that you normally don't, don't even talk about. They're, 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 they're not an issue. Um, the, the thing with us, of course, to, to, to bear in mind is, is that well, we were supposed to be really 90% online anyway. So the students who applied to this program were not expecting to come on campus anyway. Well this, well, this was a great advantage, one could say, in this, in this situation. However, we do always, in, under normal, normal circumstances, we start the course with three on-campus, face-to-face days here in Oulu. Well, we, we, we did that. We offered that in a hybrid form, because at that point of the epidemic, we were allowed still to bring people on campus in small groups. So we gave the option to the students. You can come if you want to, but you don't have to. Under normal circumstances, we say you have to because of, because of the group dynamics. We want to get the people together in the beginning and also in the middle of the course in January. Okay, so we gave that option and we run it. 10 people came and about 15 people 
stay online. So we, we, we run that hybridly. But before we got that far, so the questions in the spring, uh, well, they were related to our face-to-face -face days. Do I have to come? Shall I come? Is it, is, it, is it safe? How is it? So on and so forth. Luckily, we did not, we did not have to deal with that, with the problem or insecurity of is the campus open? Is it not open? Which the regular programs had. They, 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 they had to, you know, deal with the insecurity. Well, we don't know. We don't know if you're allowed. We're not sure yet. We don't know yet. And the information kept changing as it still does, as we know. The situation evolves all the time. And every week you have a new regulation or, your, or, your, or, your, or a new partial lockdown or whatever. So luckily we did not have to deal with that. But still, so we had to answer certain questions uh, uh, that, that the students had about how do we work? Do I need to come for the three days? What about in January? Do I need to come then? And so on and so forth. Um, but what we noticed uh, then early on when, when we started that the let's 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 put it this way the meeting online uh and and those those moments because we meet uh, uh almost weekly for four hours and it is active online participation people talk people have to teach each other things and they have quite a bit to do online those moments became became particularly precious because 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 of the fact that that of the fact that we necessarily don't didn't as teachers see but everybody in their own homes in their own cities we had people in canada pakistan all around finland everybody in their own environments were also there deprived of social contacts there you know people were in isolation so when you had a chance to meet each other, even online, it, it became extremely important. And, and we realized that what we have to take extra care of is to make our meetings even more interactive than before, that, we, that those people can really talk with each other, really interact with each other and, and avoid this kind of lecturing online, which we, which we didn't do at all. So yeah. it, it simply was nothing. We never did it like that. We had maybe one or two occasions last autumn, we had like presentations where someone was speaking to the whole group. Otherwise, it was group activity all the time. Doing things in, in breakout rooms, coming back together, having discussions, and so on and so forth. And Every session, which we normally usually start by, you know, straight going to the nitty gritty, we would start with half an hour of what's up, how yeah. is it, what's going on, so that 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 we changed that we we took half an hour off of our precious content and and simply had a, a discussion of of what's going on. So so that that became very important that that. What you do online, when you meet each other online, you have to be as interactive as you can. That at least get that, 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 that like, a, I don't know, can't call it human touch. I guess people would say I'm exaggerating if I call it human touch when we're just online. But, but still, no, it, is, it so. is a distant touch. Yeah. <laughs>
how would you actually uh, suggest for other universities, for example, that don't have their whole curriculum online, what could they start doing to support their staff, but also their uh, audience, taking into account already that the audience itself has expectations that, cha that have changed, and the professors need to change the role to become facilitators rather than actual um, teachers who are having descendant information. Have programs and, and, and teachers in that situation that you, that you just described. What we did within our institution, for instance, was that because we have the experience and, and we have been doing this uh, for, uh, gosh, I mean, over 10 years, we've offered offered this mode, this version of the program. What we did, for instance, we offered, first of all, a helpline to other teachers, yeah. who to other programs, other colleges within our uh, University of Applied Sciences, simply to share, to, 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 to you know, they could ask any questions. And, and, and I mean, it, it could be also technical. You know, we said, yeah, fine, yeah. I mean, they, they could ask like, you know, where's, where's that share screen button in Zoom? Yeah, fine, we can answer that too, because we've been using it all the time. But of course, our main aim was, you know, as, at address how to adapt, how to change your teaching pedagogically so that it, that it becomes more meaningful online. And really, the, I, I, I think the main, the, the biggest thing, at least for, 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 for me, and I think for, for anyone, is that you simply have to, you know, and I know this is, this, many, many, many pedagogues say this, you, you just have to let go. You, you, can't, be, you can't be that all-knowing talking head anymore, because it's, yeah. or, well, yes, you can, but if you make your students sit in front of their computer for six to eight hours a day, listening to me speaking like I do now, and if this would continue for eight hours, well, that's just crazy. You, you, will have, you will have a terrible, terrible student experience. You are creating a horrible student experience. So that's something you, you, you simply have to let go. Of course, you don't, and you sometimes you 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 can't simply jump into a like a hundred percent facilitator tutor role if you've been if you've been a, a lecturing professor for thirty years. I mean, it, it it doesn't go like that. But at least you can start with livening up those online lectures of yours with other material, you know having maybe maybe bringing bringing in interviews and things like that bringing in videos as well i had i have a great experience now also about co-teaching for instance because even that immediately becomes a bit more lively yes you have to know the other person yes you have to be you know ready to do things like that but that's uh, that's one way so co-teaching uh, bringing in other people bringing in other speakers um, using videos those are the kind of like a easy, if you like, first steps. But then what, what, what we have done and what I definitely believe in, and that's of course the foundation of our pedagogy anyway, is that the learners, and they would do in a traditional classical uh, lecture room settings. So the, the, the term to use and therefore the, uh, uh, the pedagogy to uh, try out is flipped classroom. And 
and flipped classroom is 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 really that I would say that's that's something one one should start exploring. Okay, how can I how can I do a flipped classroom in my lecture? And how do I how do I transform that? And then you know ask for for guidance. I mean, if you, if you Google flipped classroom, you will find a huge amount of resources and ideas for any field. It can be adapted in engineering, wherever you know in in whatever. I don't have to list those those academic fields where you can adapt a flipped classroom. So I would definitely say that's one thing to start exploring because that brings you immediately <clears throat> that interaction. I mean, flipped classroom and um, well, we could, let's say let's say flipped classroom combined with collaborative learning. And, and you can say cooperative learning if you like. They're, they're sometimes, sometimes mutually exchangeable, uh, slight variation maybe in the terms. So make students work collaboratively, collaboratively in preparation to the meetings and use the flipped classroom uh, uh, methodology. And, and that'll, that, that, that way you are creating an entirely different student experience and, and a student experience that, that I know, that I know uh, will will be a lot more uh, uh, meaningful for for the students. It seems that you know the the, the pandemic has well, it's it's highlighted. The, exactly what you're talking about, the need for a more learner-centered pedagogy, which, of course, if we work in teacher training, etc., we know that that's the way forward. But what I'm wondering is that, do you think that maybe there has been um, something that has actually changed a little bit? Because what I've noticed is that when we talk about, for example, online teaching, you're talking about the different dimensions of online learning, and you talk about things like the, the social and cognitive dimensions as, as kind of equally important, but yet, in a pandemic, we we almost have to prioritize the social dimension more, you know, ostensibly because of the current circumstances. But it's also consistent with a lot of research in in neuroscience, of course, which says that it's about the you know the reduction of stress, the feeling of belonging, um, the feeling of acceptance will increase your your ability to learn. So it sounds to me like the things that we are learning here should actually be taken forward uh, as central uh, in the future. I mean, would, would you agree with that? Do you think it's actually teaching us more that we can take, take forward? If you're learning environment and that, that learning environment is more than a classroom or a platform, it's, it's the whole, everything surrounding you. If that environment is as stress-free as possible, as comfortable, for the learner as possible, as safe, which is really important, as possible, and uh, the the whatever learning resources you have are accessible because the learners are extremely different. We have people with with different abilities, different lacks of abilities, let alone uh, people who have special needs. Then the accessibility becomes one part. When when those things. When we take care of those things and, 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 and focus on those things, we create a learning environment which promotes learning and promotes um, an environment where each and everyone can 
grow to their full potential, which is, after all, what we what we yeah. want them to do. We want every individual to be able to 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 bring out the best in them. So, if COVID, I mean, like you said, I and I, and I definitely share your sentiment here. I really hope that that one learning of the pandemic is exactly the importance of those aspects to 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 let, 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 let's say like to to, to 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 foster and cultivate that cognitive side of things if you, if you like yeah we, we might forget sometimes with um with adults that you think that they take care of it themselves you know we focus there's a lot of focus in k-12 education and we forget that as adults there's all kinds of things going on in in our lives as well so it's nice to think of, uh, and this is something that uh, Alejandra and I were, were discussing with um, with uh, Dr. Steve Mallon a couple of weeks ago, the idea of that we've seen um, teachers becoming a, a bit more willing as well to express vulnerability to their students. So it's not the teacher persona asking everybody, uh, how are you and how are you, how are you, but actually sharing, actually, I'm not that great this week you know I've had to move house or there's this instability around me or and and there's um you know it, it's a great leveler um this situation I mean do you, do you find that as well because you know it, it's what you talk about teachers letting go it's a difficult thing for a teacher to do if you've come through traditional instruction is to let go and part of that like that's the last sort of bastion of it is actually saying I feel vulnerable I don't feel so good today to your class and sharing that. I mean, is that something you've been exploring with teachers as well? Have you gone that far? I mean, we, we, one, it's, it's sort of, I mean, actually the, um, what it is, once again, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe we're in a better position because uh, the teacher, teacher well-being and teacher's self-perception are almost like inbuilt in our curriculum. It's, yeah. it's one of the, one of the things that we, that we talk about when we train teachers. So what I, and once again, when I say that we, we offer one year pedagogic training, uh, yes, that's correct. It is, but it is, of course, it is definitely not only pedagogic. So teachers like self-understanding, teachers self-esteem and uh, the, 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 um, the, the very, very fashionable word, which I'm a little, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite, quite, big fan of is the resilience, if you like. Uh, so uh, we, we, we do talk about that quite a bit. And part of that is exactly what you describe, uh, is to, 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 to come to terms with your own, by and large, emotions, your, your, the, the, the other part of you, the part that is not the teacher part of you, not just the professional you, but yeah. the, you know, as, as, as you know, what you're at home. And of course, once again, in this current situation, we, we have had, we have once again, a fruitful ground for that, because what happens is that teachers are not in their, in their classical environment. Yes. <laughs> They're at home. The kids run in the back, you know, whatever, and, 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 and stuff like that. So it is, kind of kind of more natural to be to be able to like bring in that other part of you not just the professional professional 
facade of you. Well, facade is a, is not a nice word, and I don't mean it in a bad way, but but still, yeah. not just the profession, but also the if you like the human you, the domestic you. Yeah, I've been talking with teachers for years about reconciling the the home persona and the professional persona, and that there shouldn't really be a difference. There shouldn't be a difference, you know. But this has accelerated that change, it seems, you know, because as you say, you're you're in your home environment and the, you know, the mask is off. So. In general, Finland and its whole educational model is very well uh, regarded. And you're talking about already implementing those well-being factors within the curriculum, um, which is fantastic and absolutely amazing. But we were discussing that last week with um, Marcela Betancourt from the Gimnasio Moderno in Bogota. And she was sharing from a K-12 perspective her uh, opinion on what is required, for example, from some other governments which are also looking into implementing that in education, but which is still not very well done. So my, my question would be how, um, or, or yeah, what would be your, your suggestion for newcomers basically who are just starting to, to look at, okay, what's the starting point I need for my school if my government is not doing it, but if my, my government is doing it, how can I actually start implementing well-being, um, either it's a mentality or actually integrating it in, in the curriculum within the institution? That's a, that, that, that's a great, great question. And um, um, the, the, the way we, we see that in, in, in Finland in general also is, is that it starts with the community. And, and with the community, I mean at least uh, uh, two things. First of all, let's let's start with the wider community. So, it is an issue. It is a it is a theme. It is the I mean, uh, let's say it is a task of the wider community. And here I'm referring, uh, let's say, especially to the parents. So, if we're talking about if we're talking about a school setting, if we if we go back to the K twelve, and then the issue you need to take into account is the community is the parents of the kids. What, how, how are they involved? And how can you involve them in talking about your school, talking about your school environment, your curriculum, what is happening there, and how do you establish a good and constructive communication with them? But then the second community, where it's, 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 it's within, that's, your whole school staff. So the teacher, especially of course the teachers, but, and if you have a community, school community, where you have other professionals as well, like we, well, and I know many countries have, you have school nurses or even doctors, you have counselors, psychologists, whoever, whoever your school community is, how do you involve them also in that constructive discussion of what is our ethos? What, what, is, what is our mission? What is it that we do? And how do we do it together? And I mean, give, give, I'll give you just a simple example of, of, of my uh, uh, school 
the School of Professional Teacher Education here at the Old University of Applied Sciences, we have we design and redesign and replan and evaluate and assess our curriculum annually with the whole staff, with, with all of the teachers. And it is, and I believe, and I, and I can tell you, it is, it is not a, it is not a um, let's say, a, a meeting where people come reluctantly and say like, oh yeah, okay, it's the curriculum meeting again, whatever. No, it's an ongoing process. We meet several times per year. People are divided into smaller groups with smaller tasks. We're analyzing the curriculum. We're talking to the companies, to employers. Of course, we're, we train vocational teachers. So we've got that, that link is very important for us as well. And you have the whole community transforming gradually the curriculum, changing and developing things in an ongoing process gradually. And this is something I, 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 really, I really want to stress that create a culture of ongoing betterment, an ongoing development of the things that are important for you. Not, don't make it like, like meetings and committees, but involve everybody. You know, dismantle the hierarchy that development does, should not have a hierarchy, especially not in a school, very often a relatively small community. After all, it does not necessarily benefit from strict hierarchical uh, uh, structure when it comes to developing the day-to-day -day things that we do. It might need the hierarchy for other things. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that at all. But for certain kind of development, bring everybody together at an even footing and, and, and let them bring it together because teachers are, and that's what I've noticed, for instance, in, in Colombia, they are so passionate about their work and, and, and I'm sometimes so sad when I, when I see that, that that passion is not used. I mean, the employer could, 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 could totally let that passion flourish and bring out unbelievable results if they're allowed to work together, develop, to develop their school culture and, and, and community together. That, that, would be my, that would be the first thing I, I think, to, to think about the community and how to create a culture of constant, gradual development. This is brilliant and extremely inspiring, Kimo. Thank you so much for your comment. Thank you so much for, for making your time as well tonight. I mean, it's it's been a pleasure to, to talk and I, I hope we can do this again. I wouldn't want to impose upon you, but I, I feel like, um, you know, it would be great to, to, to chat again at some point if, if, if you were willing. Well, I mean, Mark and Alejandra, you're 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 both passionate about these things, just just like me, you know. And uh, if you're if you're if you're involved in education, and then if you're especially involved in teacher education, you, as you know, I mean, we could we could we could talk for hours, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kimo. Really, I think this is exactly. this is fantastic and very original very uh, open and, and i really like the way we we've done this today thank you thank you very much thanks for inviting me i was i was absolutely this was really really nice and 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 one thing also that i i, I find important is to to talk about these things with with people from other countries other cultures other contexts in, you know whenever you and for me let's put it this way 
whenever I open my mouth, I am also at the same time like like learning and and testing. I'm also testing my my thoughts and my ideas and and does it make do do people respond you know and and, and how does it work so so that then that's that's the thing about discussion and I and I love the way you 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 ask and you 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 go deeper in in a way you pick a certain strand and let's go let's explore that avenue that's that's uh that's 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 a, that's a learning experience so thank you very much <laughs> now we're very happy you've enjoyed it and what we truly want is to start those conversations that in some extent are maybe a taboo or as we were speaking before mm -hmm. they are uh considered as oh you're touching on vulnerability we shouldn't be speaking around this or that and actually if we don't right. then what is our purpose why are we doing this you were talking about passion yes the, the passion is there but if we're only using the passion to survive rather than than to to make this uh education industry thrive then what's the point right yeah absolutely but and 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 what i what i what i also noticed that it is the teachers themselves like when we when we had the course with the last autumn with Sena, for instance in in in, in bogota which Sena is responsible for the for the vocational training and uh, the teachers themselves because we we had in the group we had uh, uh teachers from all over Colombia working in Sena's regional institutions, they were very, very happy to talk about those difficult things as well. We didn't just talk about, you know, uh, digital pedagogy and stuff like that. No, no, no way. We, we really talked about exactly like you said, Alejandra, about, about vulnerability. About, about certain frustrations, challenges that teachers really face in their everyday life. And alone the fact that you can share them with other colleagues, that alone helps you to get ideas and, and, and find a ways. It's not just letting off steam. It's not just that, mm -hmm. but it's actually channeling that steam into a good productive machine, if you like. Yeah. Fully agreed. Yeah, it's, I am, um... I, I worked with last month with a big group of uh, teachers from the Ukraine, from SSU in the Ukraine, um, 40 of them, and they, none of them were actual teachers, you know, it was the, the typical, uh, oh, you have a PhD, so in the classroom and good luck, see you later. And, and of course, the, the interesting thing about working with groups like that is they, they have, they make no claim to be teachers. So, so there isn't that sense of kind of a, uh, pride of I should be able to do this or that they come in at a point of vulnerability and they're there because they need help so they they love they're open about it they're open about the the fact that their hands are shaking that they 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 have the slides for just security and and but they're desperate to learn and to develop and to do a, a good job you know which is it, it's a great environment you couldn't wish to work with with better people you know I know that's uh... That's 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 a, that's a great example. It's really really funny that that I I did a my 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 first uh, my first Erasmus teaching exchange uh, just before Christmas. It was of course it was of course virtual teacher exchange uh, um, to uh, uh, Kazakhstan in Almaty, and uh, uh, there was an arts academy, and the teachers were teachers uh, who are were there were two two groups. One group was teachers of English as a foreign language, and the other one was simply the art academy teachers who 
have to teach in English, who have to teach their subject in English, like, you know, film studies and, and, and directing and whatnot. So, so it was them and then teachers of English as a foreign language who also work in the same academy. And they teach both those teachers who are supposed to teach in English and students. And you, you described very, very similar situation <laughs> that, that, I, that I also had. Extremely rewarding, absolutely lovely. And I, I, I hope I can do that again. It was really fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, it's the best because they go into the, the the class the next day and they just implement it. You don't get the resistance. You know, you work with teachers and they're like, oh, I, I don't think that will work. And I don't know about that. And, you know, but you work with these groups and they're like, brilliant. That's great. I'm going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Well, Kimo, don't want to keep you any, any longer, uh, but thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. It really has. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so I can much. only say the same here, Kimo. Thank you so much for being here today.